Number three is thought leadership. This has three legs, curating content, creating content, and engaging on other people's content. And you need to do all three. Welcome to the Business Ownership Podcast, brought to you by Awareness Strategies, helping you navigate the waters between entrepreneurship and ownership. Hey there, peeps. This is Michelle Nedelec, and I'm super glad that you're here with us today because I am here with my most amazing guest, Bryn. Bryn, thank you so much for being here with us today. Oh my God, Michelle, thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. Awesome. We are going to have a ton of fun. So give us kind of the a quick introduction of who you are and your business. What do you do? So I'm Bryn Tillman. I'm the CEO of Social Sales Link and a recovering sales trainer. <laughs> so what I do is help people leverage LinkedIn for business development, not the traditional sales process. I love it. So how did you get into LinkedIn as a thing? You know, I was a sales trainer uh, and I was an okay sales trainer. I wasn't anything spectacular. Uh, And one of the reasons was that I hated to cold call. I didn't really love the prospecting side of things. And so, you know, you can only be really good at what you really love, I believe. Uh, And what I really loved were relationships and referrals. So when I saw LinkedIn and I recognized the power of how using LinkedIn to identify pathways into buyers, into influencers, into networking partners, into clients and prospects, blown away by the power that this one little tool had that very few people were leveraging. So, you know, as a sales trainer, I started to move away from the traditional you know, knocking on doors, cold calling, um, old, the old school prospecting, and really just started teaching LinkedIn and recognized I was really good at that and not really good at all the other sales training pieces. So I kind of put those all aside and about maybe nine years ago went all in on LinkedIn. I love it. So let's talk about kind of the ins and outs of it, because you know, you're super good at LinkedIn and a lot of people are so afraid of relationships that they're starting to ruin LinkedIn. <laughs> but talk to me about whatever you want to on that aspect. <laughs> well, so, so the connect and pitch is a bait and switch, right? Yeah. We have all been victims of the connect and pitch. We don't want to be victimizers. It is absolutely critical that we treat the people on the other side of the message the same way we would if they were on the other side of the table. They are still a human being. Don't look at all of them as a lead list. Look at them as the people for whom they are. So so that's the first thing. Uh, The next thing is don't use automation. You would never send a robot to a business card exchange. It wouldn't work. You couldn't build rapport, let alone relationships. So don't send a robot to your networking on LinkedIn. People can smell it a mile away now. And it's not even neutral, it's negative. People will block you. And you know, a a bad cold call, they hang up or they delete the voice message. A bad LinkedIn, they hit block, they hit report. You could get your profile shut down. I mean, it's really serious. So we talk a lot about making sure that we detach from what our prospect is worth to us and attach to what we are worth to them. 
through value and insights and being a resource. And when you show up in that kind of service, you earn the right to get the sales calls. Nice. I love it. Well, and to me, I think almost everybody should have to go through the cold call, <laughs> door knocking kind of phase so that they appreciate fully how awesome LinkedIn is and how accessible people are. And it's like, well, why would you ruin that? Because <laughs> it's awesome. Agreed. <laughs> Agreed. Awesome. So what are some of the, the pillars or concepts that you're using with LinkedIn in order to be able to get connections? So, um, you know, pillars are interesting. I guess there are five. Right. <laughs> so the first one would be making sure that your profile is value centric, not self-centric. Mm. When you're in a business development role or a sales role and your profile is your resume, it's your brag book, your sales page, you lose opportunities pretty quickly. When people show up and they see and smell and taste a pitch, they run, right? So when you can create, first pillar, a value-centric profile that resonates with your buyer, creates curiosity, teaches them something new that gets them thinking differently about their current situation. As salespeople, our number one competitor is status quo. We have to get them rethinking differently about their current situation. We will com create compelling moments. We will convert them from a lurker to an engager. So when the time is right, if we have the right value proposition, not even the proposition, we've actually brought them value, we will get raised hands. So that's the profile. And, and, and really that's the concept all throughout. But the second one is social listening. We as salespeople are very, very bad at this. As business people, we jump right in and we wanna tell them all the things we wanna tell them before we ever figure out what they want to consume, what matters to them. It, it takes a lot to learn a little and you've got to go out there and really identify what content are your current customers sharing and engaging on? What matters to them? It, probably not your stuff initially, right? It's probably something else where we talk a lot about Curating and sharing curated content can be way more valuable at the very top of the pipeline. Your content comes in after they've already acknowledged you and know that you're, you know, not a spammer, that you've brought them value through curated content or asking their opinion on a poll, right? That it just didn't come down to, I want you to read my stuff, right? And so once you've gotten to that point, there's a point, and we always say permission-based, hey, it seems like you're interested in this content. I'm not sure if this is of interest to you, but if it is, I have this piece of resource. Let me know if you're interested. I'm happy to send it to you. Permission-based, respect the inbox, right? Like that, as soon as we send a link without permission, we're done, right? It's spam, even if it's not spam. So I just went down kind of the, the thought leadership role, but I, the, which it, it turns into. So the first one is profile. The second one is listening. And I kind of grouped that in with thought leadership, but we need to find out what it is they care about before we start sharing content. 
Also, don't ever get on a sales call and say, so where are you from? Because the LinkedIn profile will tell you. <laughs> right? right. I always wondered like, why people ask that one. It's like, you know, you've been to the post, right? Like it says right on. <laughs> yeah. No, but like those are things, right? Or, hey, I, you know, if you go, any question that can be answered from the LinkedIn profile is a wasted question. Yeah. It's just wasted. Take your time to ask something else that you couldn't have found out from social listening. Okay. Number three is thought leadership. This has three legs, curating content, creating content, and engaging on other people's content. And you need to do all three. Number four, pillar. Nurturing your existing connections, taking inventory. Who am I connected to that I'm ignoring? And starting taking inventory, who are they? Clients, prospects, referral partners, and start restarting, re-engaging or engaging for the first time if you connected and forgot about them immediately, you know, and st start a conversation with a video message, something very personal because they're already your connection. And then number five would be um, warm market prospecting. Who do your referral partners know? Who do your clients know that you'd like to get in front of? Very cool. So you mentioned something kind of funny to me, haha, in that I started a LinkedIn profile when, you know, when I heard about it and it came out. And I don't think I've ever actually engaged with anybody personally. Like I put up mm. posts and put up stuff. It's like, is, is that normal to actually go back to your uh, connections and go, hey? Yeah. <laughs> so there's lots of things you can do. One of them, you can look at your connections, the people that you want to say hey to, and you can take inventory, you can export your connections, you can search your first degree connections and identify the 72 people you want to engage, right? And, and then put a plan around it. Every day for 36 days, I'm going to send two video messages to two people that I've identified that I've been ignoring that I want to talk to. Quick little video messages. You can identify of the 72, the nine that are sharing on LinkedIn and engage on their post and then start a conversation around the topic they care about, a little social listening and social engaging, right? So a lot of this is how do we reignite a conversation, not how do we sell to them yet? Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's so important. And I think a lot of uh, business owners aren't quite sure how to engage in those conversations, one, without making them a complete and total waste of time for both parties. And second to how do you kind of curate something that you know will be of value to them without it sounding like, hey, we have this product that I think would be great for you because <laughs> I think yeah. it's the other way they come across. I mean, there's a, a 50 different answers to that. I'll share <laughs> one, maybe two. So you can search. So let's say you heard a great, well, who are you? Let, let's, let's do this in real time. Michelle, right. who's your target audience? Uh, business owners, particularly Canadians right now, making between one and 10 million that aren't quite on the digital bus yet. Let's put it that okay. way. So who is an influencer other than yourself in the industry that posts pot potentially a lot of content? Well, I'm sure people like Russell Brunson and those guys would do awesome prolific amounts of great the the tony yeah. robbins the Brene browns right yeah. all these people right so now you can go into linkedin mm -hmm. click on your first degree connections in a filter 
and followers of Brene Brown. And you will now see all the people that you're already connected to that are, and you could put in CEO, business owner, like titles. So maybe you've got thousands of connections and we bring it down to the 18 people, business leaders in Canada that follow Brene Brown. Now I go to listennotes.com and I search Brene Brown and I find a podcast that she's been on. And now I reach out to these 18 people and say, hey, Jane, I noticed that we're both big fans of Brene Brown. Did you happen to hear her podcast last week on X, Y, and Z? Let me know if you're interested. I'm happy to send over that link. It was awesome. Just start a conversation around she's following Brene. You're following Brene. Let's share content about Brene, right? Like what a great way to start the conversation. And if your profile is positioned well, she'll say, oh, I forgot that Michelle does that. I should talk to her, right? If she sees the other content now that you've been posting, she's like, oh, that's really smart. I really, you know, Michelle's, I should probably like reach back out to her, right? It just happens when the time is right, as long as we're staying in front of them. Nice. Is there anybody that is kind of best positioned to do this in LinkedIn or, or it might be a shorter question. Is there anybody that's not positioned well to use LinkedIn? I mean, there are a few industries that are not on LinkedIn strongly. Education, uh, K through 12, poorly represented. Nurses, poorly represented. So if you're selling to them, it may not be the absolute best place to be unless what you do is you find other vendors, other salespeople that sell to K through 12, that sell to nurses because they're active and then you can build rapport with them and then ultimately become referral partners. So I would say I could almost always find a way for people to leverage LinkedIn. Nice. So who would you say that you serve and support the most? Who are the majority of your clients that come to you? Well, I mean, I, I primarily business owners, sales reps of smaller companies, coaches, entrepreneurs, consultants for my 12-week program, and membership coaching. But my primary business is like big bank trainings, um, insurance companies, credit unions, larger sales teams has been my bread and butter. And then the pandemic pivot was to online membership and e-learning for that first group. And I tell you, I love it. <laughs> I, I, I really love it because I get to really work with people and see their successes that you don't necessarily see in the corporate world. Nice. I love that. Well, and it's, it's somewhat true as well that the, the entrepreneurs coaches world, you know, they want to be able to take something and study it at midnight when you don't want to be training them. And the corporate world wants somebody to just be able to get in there and answer questions and go, Hey, we just need face-to-face -face, learn it. And you know, start implementing now or yesterday. One of my top <laughs> successful clients yeah. only watches the training videos on the treadmill. Like that's her thing. And she's like, I work out and I learn. And then she goes and implements. But I mean, 
that because you, you can't go to a training class on a treadmill, right? So <laughs> he kills two birds with one stone. I love it. So what's your favorite part of your business? Um, My favorite part is when my clients come back and say, I closed a $3 million deal because of what I learned from you. Right. Um, I got into <laughs> Fortune 500 companies faster than any other, at any time in my entire career in, in less than three weeks of working with you, I'm having conversations with people I never knew that would take my call. Nice. That's what I love. That is a good Cinderella story. That is awesome. Excellent. So what are some of the stumbling blocks that somebody may be having in the thing? And oh my God, Brent, I need you so badly. Um, if you're saying to yourself, I have hundreds or thousands of connections and no conversations, I post content and no one's commenting. Um, uh, what are some other things? Um, in my profile is still a resume and it's not really attracting my buyers. Uh, my favorite clients are those that have real life relationships. They're all my favorite clients. The <laughs> So there's a long oh game and a short, there's a long game and a short game on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. The long game is content and nurturing. The short game is leveraging relationships. So I have one recent client who had like 27 connections on LinkedIn. He has hundreds of clients that he has served over the last few years. So we pulled out the business cards from the corner of the desk and took out the rubber bands. We went through the CRM. And we looked at who are the people that we have served and hundreds and hundreds, like so many folks. So the first thing was get your profile in order and let's connect with the people that already know, like, and trust us. And through that process, seven of those people became clients again. Yay. Just connecting with them and saying, hey, we got to chat. The others he's having conversations with, mining their connections. Well, he's doing two things, getting recommendations on LinkedIn from the work that he's done and mining their connections to see who they know that will also get value from his platform. Love it. Right? And so just connecting. So I love seasoned professionals that have existing relationships but haven't leveraged LinkedIn. Nice. That sounds awesome. So I know we've got a ton of those and the listeners are going to want more from you. So how did they start that journey with you? Uh, thank you. Um, <laughs> so we have a 12 week LinkedIn sales accelerator course mm -hmm. that takes them step to step by step in three to five minute videos each day. And then we, and then part of that, you get three one-on-one -on -one coaching sessions with myself or one of my team members. And um, there's two times a week we have drop-in group coaching. So you come in with your, you watch a few videos, you come in with your questions and we guide you personally getting your profile set up and your templates and right. So you just get that, that real personal, it's not all just general, it's personal to you. You get the, a, a lot of opportunity over 12 weeks to do that. And then if you choose to stay on with just the coaching, it's, you know, it's like $97 a month. Um, but if you go to socialsaleslink.com slash in, I-N, it's a 25% discount to start with us. Yay. Well, that's fine. Awesome. Yeah. 
So peeps, we will of course have that in the show notes for you. Or if you totally get lost, go to awarenessstrategies.com slash blog and search for Bryn or LinkedIn or <laughs> uh, 12 month program. We'll have all of that in the in the show notes for you there as well. Awesome. So Bryn, at what point in life did you know that you were a special kind of crazy enough to think that you could become an entrepreneur? I'm still thinking about it. Nine <laughs> years in. Um, so, you know, it's interesting. Uh, it was accidental. Um, I, a friend of mine at one point, I was working at a bank in a, a networking slash business development role. And a, a friend of mine said, hey, you want to start a sales training company with me because you're really good at this. And I, you know, went, yeah, let's do it. Uh, and we started it. And then I was, but I, I wasn't formally trained as a sales trainer. That's why I was only okay at it, right? Like there's so many amazing sales trainers out there. I did a good enough job, but in that time frame, I'm like learning this LinkedIn and it, it's almost like a magnet. Like I see something on LinkedIn and I have a light bulb moment and I can immediately figure out how do we use this in an authentic way to start sales conversations. And I'm thinking, I'm good at this. I'm like really good at this and I'm only okay at that. So we hugged each other. I parted ways and I, you know, created this LinkedIn sales trading company nine years ago. And she said, hey, when the trend is over, come on back. But I'm still here. <laughs> hey. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. There's so many, so many added advantages to not having to go into a corporate building and, and staring at the elevator, trying to figure out how you're going to get up there to go and meet yeah. people uh, compared to just sitting in the comfort of your home, checking out LinkedIn. So much easier. They have no idea how you easy know, they have it. <laughs> Post-pandemic, mm -hmm. people are used to this now. Oh, yeah. People are comfortable now. Like it really pushed the late adopters to have to adopt. The people that, you know, dug their heels in the sand and say, never, I'm a cold caller. Nobody was in their office. Nobody was picking up the phone. I'm a door knocker. Nobody's in the office. Nobody's answering the door. All right. I gotta do it. Right. And so now it's expected. Very few people are not, very few professionals are not comfortable with at least getting a connection request on LinkedIn. Like, it, it, you know, almost everyone is on it now because they had to, there was no other option for a year and a half. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I think too, that even if, um, and a lot of business owners that I know have their receptionists or gatekeepers, whatever, doing their social media for them when there's six people in there <laughs> doing their social media for them. Um, it's still one of the best ways to be able to, when you have something that's a value, people notice it and go, hey, this is different. This is, this is very funky. Um, and to me, it's easier to get through those gatekeepers, even though they have the same job that they had on the phone or in the reception office. It's a different experience. Um, it certainly is. And so there's other advantages to LinkedIn messaging and re connection requests. You know, cold calling, they hang up, they delete. <laughs> they can vet you on LinkedIn. So there is this thing like, well, I don't know about this person. Let me check it out, yeah. right? And so the experience of the prospect themselves, they have more opportunity to learn about you 
Well, yeah, because there's opportunities that clearly, if they're good, they want to get it. Right. Absolutely. And, and, um, and they, you know, they, I think the big piece too is, you know, when you're positioned well, you really earn that right. Nice. I love that. So in your entrepreneur, entrepreneurial journey, can you give us an example of maybe a mistake that you made that you can laugh at now or something that might've been embarrassing at one point, but now you're thinking, oh, that was pretty funny. Um, so I, I will tell it's a Twitter mistake, I think is probably the best, right? So when I started on Twitter, which I never had the same, like I couldn't figure out Twitter the way I figured out LinkedIn, but I was going to go all in and give it a shot, right? Because I wanted, you know, to master all social media at one point for social selling, so I went on Twitter and I discovered lists. You can create these fabulous lists of people. So I created a list that said hot prospects. And I started adding people to the list. And then about three days in, somebody said, you know, that's public. And they can see <laughs> that you've added them to a hot prospect list. So yeah, I'm just saying you're hot. I I don't know. Oh, what you read. <laughs> I should have taken, I should have reframed it a hundred percent. Oh, I wish I had had you 10 years ago. I'll, I'll get, that would have been my first go-to is, oh, how do I get out of this as fast as possible? <laughs> That's the sign of a great salesperson. <laughs> awesome. Frank, you've been absolutely fabulous. Thank you so much for yeah. your time. I appreciate it immensely. Any last words for our peeps? Uh, just a couple quick things. Treat the person on the other side of the message the same way you would if they were on the other side of the table. They are still a human being. Don't consider them a lead list. Really, it's so important. S slow down your outreach to speed up your outcome and make it really personal as you would if you were at a trade show or conference. Love that. Awesome. Thank you, Bryn. Thank you so much, Michelle. I appreciate your time. This was really fun. Awesome. Peeps, this is Michelle Nedelec. Thank you for being here with us today. Be sure to subscribe to the show and join our Facebook group, Business Ownership Secrets to Scaling. We love connecting with you and helping you grow. Thank you for listening to our show. I'm all about being a resource center for entrepreneurs to give them the information and the support that they need to make it in business. As such, the notes for this show can be found at our website at awarenessstrategies.com slash blog. Be sure to subscribe, give us a rating, I like five stars personally, and share with your friends.